This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hey there, everyone. It's your favourite footy-loving socialist, Dale, here. Now, over the last few weeks, you might have been wondering, where's Dale been? Why is there so much less snark on the show? Well, to tell you the truth, and to make this as short and sweet as possible, I've been thinking it over during preseason, and I've decided to step away from Boom Rookies. With things the way they are in my life, I don't feel that it's fair that a third of the team doesn't do a third of the work. So I've decided to step back from my role and let Mitch and Matt take things from here. And they've been doing a fantastic job. I know that they will keep things growing and keep spreading the good word. And I support them 100% of the way, just like they did me. You'll still see, you know, my hot footy takes if you choose to. You just won't hear them every week. I want to say... I'm extremely proud of the work that the three of us have done over the last six years. I didn't think that as a novice footy fan that two of my best mates and I would put together almost 200 episodes of the show like we did or get the level of support that we've received over the past years. Who knows, down the track, you know, if if the Dragons keep doing dumb stuff, uh, I might pop by and say hello. Yeah, from from here on out, it'll only be the, uh, the the two hosts... And you won't be hearing from me as often, that's for sure. So thank you for the years of support. And until then, I'll see you at the footy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I'm Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. G'day, everybody. Uh, you guys just heard um, Dale's farewell message. Obviously, um, not easy news to deal with or to um, process. But yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, you, you, you guys heard it. Obviously, um, it's been a huge part of this show for a long time. Um, it's obviously going to be a lot different without him, um, Mitch. I, I don't know if you have anything to say. Um, uh, yeah, I have to say it's it's a bit awkward now, a bit weird that it, that it's happened, but it's been coming for a, a couple of weeks now as well. You know, people listening have obviously picked up on Dale's absence. It's just the the best move for all parties involved. You know, it's been a real good journey for us as podcasters and mates, as Dale mentioned over the last couple of years. And Dale was a big part of us even becoming a podcast in the first place. But there is no doubt about there's a bit of a gap in the passions between us and and Dale. And that's fine. You know, he has his things. We have ours. And just it's a thing we want to move forward with. And, you know, we thank him for his time. Hopefully have him back on in the future. Yeah. That uh, it, the, we're either when the dragons unlikely make a charge to the finals, or when they're zero and nineteen, one of the yeah. two. It certainly wasn't easy for anybody to to come to that decision and what we've done, but it's just, I think it's just best for everybody involved. We all we all agree with that. That you know we keep going this way. So what you'll be hearing from this year onwards will be me and me and Bungard, a, a duo. There's been a few pitches for a trio addition. It, it's just we just thought that that I for, I mean. First of all, I don't really think anyone could replace Dale and the things that he brought. But on top of that, I just think that that would also stymie our abilities going forward mm-hmm. to get another person on as well. Because, yeah, a lot of the time when we did it for people, there was, you know, I wouldn't say much or Dale wouldn't say much. Or sometimes even the guests wouldn't say much. The only constant was that Mitch would say a shitload. But um, <laughs> uh, we couldn't shut Mitch up. That was the constant. No. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's that's been that's sort of. 
I know Campo wanted a sort of uh, American Idol style <laughs> um, host off where he was going to rig the vote, so he won. But um, yeah, I mean, no. I mean, to let people up the kimono, I know this is a weird time for our, our preseason, but we will do it anyway. You've, done, you've had 16 daily episodes, but podcasting for people who haven't done it is not just getting in front of a microphone, recording and walking away. And um, everybody wants to be a podcast host until they're a podcast host. And that's why so many start and die. And yeah. there's a reason why we've stayed going is because we're dedicated to it. And it's easy to say you want to be the, the part of a, of a podcast. But for us, we think we know we're both dedicated, passionate. We have we're, we're doing hours of work on this every day at the moment, like yeah. especially this past three or four weeks where it's really, yeah. you know, we're, we're having meetings with, with our publisher and with, with social media ad- advisor and with our financial people like <laughs> um people, yeah yeah, yeah. Well, those, um, those are lies <laughs> they're not um and <laughs> yeah are. and obviously with you know with running a discord now and then the tipping comp which is exploded and the you know we have to we have to start paying tax on our patreon money mm. like it's, it's getting to be a real thing and then um it, it has become pretty much a second job for both of us and that's it yeah it's and it's um, and don't want to be harsh on a third potential host, but I want to weigh the showdown with a third host again. What we can do now is do what we did the last two weeks. You guys is have more interesting guests on. Yeah. Have a random sharks fan on and come and rustle my jimmies. You it's know, great. Have a Chris Gary on a Phil, a Phil Lutton on, or like a whole bunch of different people can come on this podcast and hopefully we can give you more of that stuff throughout this year. We're also going to end up doing it on video. We just uh, sorting out. We've got a, a cam for Bungard. I want to sort out a green screen so you don't see uh, the study, the state of the uh, boomer study I'm filming. It's not but, ideal. Yeah, it's not ideal. So we'll be moving forward. But um, yeah, it's going to be a good year again. It's sad to see Dale move on, but it's on to bigger and better things that seem, we seem to have every year with this podcast and this product. So we'll see how we go from here. Yeah. And, you know, it's really a lot of that comes down to you guys listening. Um, uh, we this would have died. Certainly. I don't know if we would have got through 2020 without the support of you guys. And um, we certainly wouldn't be pushing on to doing more content, not less uh, now, if not for how positively you guys have supported us over the past year or so, especially, and obviously the time before that, but especially this last year or so, when we've had the discord, the discord's popping, the the Patreon's popping, the, the, you know, the, the social media presence, the accounts getting is, is grown substantially. And we want to keep making sure that that doesn't, um, doesn't slow down anytime soon. So, yeah, yeah. exactly. We've definitely taken it, you know, as you said, then the podcast probably on a deathbed, not like last off season, 2019, 2020, your work was changing. Yeah. I was tired of the old format and we just needed to feel like we were getting more back. If you get me, which sounds rough, but it's the truth. And, you know, we've been supported by people. We didn't know what Patreon would do, but we got support from that. And it's actually, it's made us take this more seriously, produce a better product and made us spend more time on it. And it feels like a better mutual relationship, everyone all around. But yeah, hopefully another great year coming and we'll have even more of you on board and, and getting involved in our little community we've created. Yeah. And also the, the stubby holders are, some of them have been made and they look fantastic. Yeah, so. I have, oh yeah, I have 29 now and I have the mailers 
and I have this. I haven't got the stamps yet, though. I ordered. I, I ordered stamps on bulk to save like ten dollars on the tight ass, <laughs> rather than going to the post office and buying two hundred. But hey, they're thin margins that we got to. They are, mate. They are, mate. But those will be coming out soon too. And they're oh, mate, we got compostable mailers. You you can put them in the, in the backyard there and let them fade away because we're you know big environment guys. <laughs> well, I mean, I am. I'm not, I don't know about you. Fact, well, I am now. I can claim it. <laughs> can. Um. But yeah. So. Look, you're going to see a pretty different product this year to years past. Obviously, um, we're, we're obviously the quality of sort of the footy chat is still going to be the same, but um, it's just going to be how we present it is going to change a little bit this year. And um, yeah, hope you stick around for the ride. So, uh, one more sleep to rugby league by the time you're listening to this. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, our, our long dark summer is finally over. Uh, just in just one day or zero days, depending on when you're listening to this, it'll be South taking on Melbourne on Thursday. Um, God, it's been a long time coming. It's weirdest that this shortest off season ever has also felt like the longest. <laughs> yeah. It's strange that you put it that way, but it's actually kind of true. And it doesn't really feel like the grand final was only a couple of months ago, which it was. Um, it feels like it was forever. I don't know. I don't know if it's that, the constant COVIDs and locking down and unlocking down and locking down again, it's made sort of time just feel so much longer, but it does feel like a lot of times passes we've had meaningful rugby league. Um, and yeah, we don't have to wait any longer. So thank God it's back. And we're not going to do this every week, obviously, but we figured it's round one. Why not? Why not throw it back to some of the OG content that you guys first came to know and love from us. And um, we're going to sort of take it game by game and uh, talk about each of the eight games um, and some sort of surprises on the team sheet and other things. Um, yeah, so we will start there with that Thursday night game. Uh, Melbourne Storm, the defending premiers, hosting the South Sydney Rabbitohs. A couple of stats for you. Um, <laughs> South's in Melbourne, played 16. one zero, drawn 0, lost 16. And uh, the last time Craig Bellamy lost in round one, Mitchell? Uh, never. <laughs> Correct, never. <laughs> Melbourne last lost in... Round one in 2001 when Chris Anderson was still the coach. So a couple of real big hoodoos for the fellas to break. But if ever there was a time to do it, you'd think it was probably now with Cam Smith moving on and Harry Grant not playing and Dal Finucane out as well. Yeah. And another throwback to the old pods, I'm going to insult random players for no reason throughout the podcast as well, obviously. Oh, good. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but, uh, definitely one of the better opportunities to beat Melbourne in Melbourne. As you said, no Cam, no Harry Grant. Also, no Branko Lee, no Origin superstar Branko Lee, no Dal Finucane. It's not a great injury list for them going into round one. So the starting Brandon Smith at nine. Uh, George Jennings is on the wing with Remus Smith in the centers. And the South team, I know you've spoke about this on your preview, Bungard, but now you see it one to 17 on paper. It is definitely the best South team on paper since that, that grand final. And the strongest bench they've had in that time, too. I think it was the big difference I noticed in it. A couple of years ago, you look at the South starting lineup, you see like 10 of 13 was really good. Yeah. And then the bench was like, ugh. Now you're like looking at the bench and you're seeing Colin Matangi and Jai Arrow coming off that bench. You're like, geez, that, that's a good team. It, I'm actually, I think South can do it. I'm going to tip them in this. Well, I think, I think they I can mean, do it. You've got guys like Patrick Margot and when Liam Knight's playing, Mark Nichols, who are good first grade forwards and they're not going to be in this team when it's at full strength. And I think that is a remarkable sign of how good they are. I think really only Canberra rivals them in terms of that. Like Canberra's not going to have Emre Guler in their 17, for example, nor Tom Starling, but 
man, it's a good team from from start to finish. Like at the moment, I don't. Uh, I, I'm obviously tipping them as well because, yeah, it's a pretty piecemeal Melbourne backline. Obviously, they've still got a few stars in there, but you know, post Cam Smith era, no Harry Grant either. Their bench isn't great. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it seems like South have the better team on paper, and it's not particularly close either. I don't know if that's being too arrogant, but. <laughs> I uh, I think they upgraded on Bailey Sirenin by accident with Jacob Host, who's 51 first grade games. That, by the way, surprised me because it felt like he had his career never really got started at the Dragons. But uh, you know, I think that's a good addition as well. Outside of the obvious ones like Mansour, who fixes their yardage issues, Jai Arrow, we all know about Benji coming on and playing like a roaming lock role. It's going to be an interesting game, and I think the Storm will have some. I did predict them to finish first, I believe, on the ladder over the full season. I'll probably change that now if we did the ladders again based on their injuries. But they're going to have a bit of an ad- adaptation period to start here without Cam Smith. And they'll probably have to play a bit more direct because they've got – I think Cooper Cronk put it quite well. Like, they've got two guys who are like bulldogs now, like like going forward and, play, and playing tough through the middle. A bit different to Cam's finesse. But I think a good opportunity down there in Melbourne for you guys without – other changes as well, like Vunavalu is another guy gone. Not big, but George Jennings, I don't love. I just think this is South's time at the start of the year. I feel like they're going to start strong. Yeah, it's it's it just feels like this is the time to break this for them. And if they don't do it now, I don't know when they will. I, I also like Jacob Host. I mean, I didn't know much about him, but he announced his signing for South while playing Among Us, which is about as close to my heart as you can get. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm happy for him. I mean, he's got rave reviews from smart people that we know who watch a lot of footy and, um, he looked pretty good in the charity shield. I think he actually topped the meter count for this, for the bunnies forwards in the, in the charity shield. Um, and yeah, look, um, if, if, you know, who's, if, if it's out of him and Keon to be that second edge player is really the only question mark for South. I think that's a pretty, pretty damn complete team. Um, unless there's mass injuries, yeah, this this should be their year and, and this should be their game to finally beat Melbourne and Melbourne. Although shout out Tyson Smoothie. What a name. Yeah, chance of debuting apparently is a bench hooker. Good on him. Um I'm excited to see how Josh Mansell goes as well. Uh Knights, Bulldogs, six PM, uh Turton Road Stadium. Uh yeah, I don't, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. The dogs team is better than people realize, but I still think it's going to not really. I don't really think they're going to take that leap until next year. However, um, I don't know that that Knights backline isn't isn't you know isn't sort of doing much for me either. Nor is their bench. Their bench looks really weak. That's a really bad bench. I don't think the Bulldogs. How about that? Yeah. Once we um. We already we both already moved the Knights out of eight, but once I saw this lineup, I was like, "Yeah, I'm pretty cool with this now." Like I see Suaso Sue and Josh King on that bench again. Pong is out. They've also picked Shibasaki over Highmore Hunt, which I thought was a bit strange. Bulldogs, some good changes. I I do like the move of Jackson to the middle now with the new rules, and I do find Bradley Dietz's story being a 26 year old teacher who just who's in there already on a um exemption. It's interesting that he's already got in there that the round one exemptions exist already now. 
And I had a, a colleague of mine at work, big big dogs fan, claim he is the uh, the next Damien Cook, the the old the old bloomer, you know. Oh, so they're not going to play him, and then a better club yes. going to take him away. Yes, great. I am still tipping the Knights, but I feel like the Bulldogs will be one of the most interesting watches of this weekend. Yeah, I think that's I think that's totally fair enough. This is a close. This is a tight game. I think it can go either way. Um, Knights, I like their starting forward pack a lot. Um, obviously big hoy boys as we are, but um, a lot of question marks there in the rest of the team. Um, after that, we've got Suncorp Stadium, Brisbane Broncos, Parramatta Eels. Brody Croft has won the halfback battle. And by extension, I've won the argument with you over whether Tom Dearden is a top 16 halfback in the NRL. Have you? Because <laughs> he's not playing halfback this weekend and 16 blokes are. So cop oh, that. There you go. That, that, that's that's that settled, is it? There we go. Yes, that's how um, it works. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on this. I don't know if I'm doing Broncos weekly before, but essentially it's... I think people need to realize, by the way, the Kevolution thing, I don't actually think Kevin's a good coach. <laughs> like, I'm just hopeful. I'm just trying to have fun this year, by the way. Some people say to me, oh, look, it cop that. You know, it's like, no, I didn't. I'm not behind, I wasn't behind the appointment. I'm trying to get behind it now. Uh, 17 or 16 or 17, I'm pretty happy with. But that's that last spot, Brody there, that just absolutely kills me. And it's... It's a really hard one to understand because I don't, I don't know any of the reasoning behind it. If you if you get me, like firstly, if you're Kevy and you want to move on for the prior stench of the prior administration, Brody Croft should just like never wear maroon under him unless it's injury crisis. Just leave him in the past. That's Seabold's problem. Move on. There's that. But the other part is like, if even if today Brody Croft is a better player than Tom Dearden. Right today, even if if he is, which he's just not, but if he was, I still don't understand why in the situation the Broncos are in, you'd play Brody Croft ahead of him because Tom Dean's one of your priority re-signings. He's clearly the future. He's clearly agitating as well. It just doesn't make much sense to not just go fresh and go with him. I guess the only positive I see in that is that if we lose at like, the first three games, Croft will be a scapegoat rather than the reverse happening. That Croft was obviously waiting in the wings closer than I thought he was. He was going to get a, sh- if we had a four or five bad games, he might've got a shot anyway. So I guess this way is the better way for that to happen. Yeah. Uh, you're not wrong, but I don't know. Are you, are you happy? Like I'm just looking at the rest of the team. I mean, it's, it's pretty chalk the rest of the way. I mean, were you surprised that Pat Carrigan's still starting at lock at all? Uh, I believe He's just that's just a, a number on his back. I believe Pangai's still playing lock. He played lock in the trials and probably played lock when Haas is back. Obviously, those things can change, but I do believe that that's just you know, whatever his, his number on the jersey, not actually what he's playing. Uh, I'm happy with most of it. There's still obviously some holes in that roster, like left wing. I don't like David Mead there, but I don't know who else they could pick right now. Uh, and most of it, like I said, I, that's what I liked so far of the offseason is that Kevy did put guys like Tessie. You know, in the centers where I thought he belonged. Herbie's in the centers where he, where he should be. Pangai was going back to lock where I thought he should be. Ricky starting. Uh, the bench has Bullmore and Flegler on it. And Asiato doesn't have Reese Kennedy on it. Like I like most of those things. It's just that Croft thing's tough. <laughs> Real tough to swallow. And over on for the Eels, it's pretty much a seven, the 13 expected. The bench, Papali's there, Hipgrave's there, Kafusi, and they are carrying utility in Will Smith. The Broncos utility. It's John Asiata, so he'll play hooker if Turpin gets injured. Uh, yeah, the Eels are about what you expected. 
I don't know. I do think Brisbane are a chance, and I and, and I like, obviously I think that's a Broncos fan. And I'm going to tip them because I'm a Broncos fan, but I just have a bit of a feeling. Despite Brody Croft, we're going to see a bit of um, we're going to see a bit of contract year Anthony Milford this year. I just think we are. I think we're going to see that. I think the pack's still good without Haas. Bit of early early season energy. That's all I'm thinking. Yep. Uh, I'm going to tip Parramatta because I'm not a Broncos fan. Correct. Uh, you have to talk yourself <laughs> into this. Like, I just, like, everyone yeah. should know about it. All I want of this season really is to start enjoying footy again in Bron- Brisbane to head up the ladder. My expectations are so low. That's all I want. Revenge game for Tom Opacek. Um, it's going to be locked out. He's got like three or four try savers. What's a Tom Opacek revenge game? I don't know. I think you've just about <laughs> nailed it. Uh, Warriors v. Titans in Gosford. Um Interesting. Wade Egan's back. I think most people thought he was going to miss mm-hmm. round one. I think Alessia Katoa was in the slated to be missing as well through injury, but they're both playing. I know some people were concerned about Jash Tavanga's ability to play nine or to play 13 with moving Harris to an edge. That hasn't happened. So I guess credit to Nathan Brown for the right decisions. Weird, hey. Like I, I saw the 17 and I was like, oh, this is kind of what I would have picked that i don't like spoon that bet's not looking good <laughs> it's not it might fall apart mate we'll see it's early but uh the team looks all right for one through one to 13 uh you bench you isn't do, bad you do worry about katoa and egan's fitness but i guess tavanga's on the bench to, to fill in that role but the bench is quite strong you said murder mozilla lace and and bounty of it's a pretty good bench rotation yeah uh warriors side uh titan side excuse me um Patrick Herbert in the centers, I think, is an interesting one. Um, I like the back line overall, though. I think it's a really solid one, six, and seven. Forward pack's obviously fantastic. Little Some question marks over Mitch Rain, but it'll be interesting to see what uh, Tyron Peachy comes on and does as well. I think if he plays that loose forward role, that will probably help them out a lot. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a strong Titans team, isn't it? Even without Cameron Smith. Um, and I suppose they've got Aaron Clark to come on and play a bit of hooker if, if it's not working with Mitch Rain either. So... Yeah, uh, pretty solid team. I think I'm going to pick the Titans here. I'm picking the Titans as well. I um I find it interesting that, that or we already talk about Origin series win a lot over the off season, but Wayne really won Origin with guys like Phil Sami and Bring Her Lee in the in the squad who both probably don't might not make their squad's best seventeen this year. Philip Sami hasn't made the seventeen. Neither is off season signing Herman Herman SCSE. I'm not sure. I'd love. The Titans bench, but as you said, that Wallace, Mofo, uh, Fafita, Tino pack looks good. And I think they, they've just got a, a good vibe about them at the moment. They'll start well. Yeah. If, if Kevin Proctor's your worst starting forward, you, you're sitting pretty, I think. Yeah. Um, the, the Roosters versus Manly 530 SCG. Um, this looks like it's going to be a bloodbath, doesn't it? I mean, Kate Cust still is not fit. Lachlan Croker plays hooker. No Josh Schuster, which I think is mildly surprising. I thought he played pretty well in those trials, even though they got pumped. Dylan Walker's at fullback. Brad Parker's and Moses... Uh, Brad Parker accompanies Moses Sully in the centers, which I know a lot of Manly fans are unhappy about. Um, yeah, the, uh, am I missing something? They're saying Tavita Funa is like their backup hooker. Didn't he play on the wing for them last year? Yes. Okay. <laughs> You're not missing something. Yes, that did happen. So, yeah, that, that's... How thin they've come into this season at, at a hooker that they that's what they're doing. Tavita Funa, I guess, the utility there. Good uh, scooting ability, I guess. I don't know. Um I, 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 I did like the move of Walker to fullback. Yeah. I just feel like it's a bit more upside than a guy like Morgan Harper back there. 
And I don't love Brad Parker either, but they know he's okay in the centers. Uh, yeah, I think that's okay. I like that he did Jason Saab over to four early, had the balls there. Interesting things for me, though, on the Roosters side of the field is that Lindsay Collins has already taken Rhea Hargraves' starting position. And that, that's interesting to start the year like that. They haven't got Radley back yet. So there could be a, a situation this year where their bench has both, you know, Isaac Leo and Gerard Rhea Hargraves coming off it. That's a bloody strong bench as well. Yeah, it's a really, really good team um, still. Lachlan Lamb obviously getting that first crack in the halves with Luke Keery. Um, is it like I, I'm not? Is it's just it's just a numbers thing, right? With Kiri wearing the seven, I know they're saying he's going to play halfback, but it it doesn't feel like one of these guys is is any more than a sort of organizing act, like sort of kick, predominantly kicking type. But does, it seems like these guys don't really complement each other all that well. I'm with you, mate. I think both of them will want Victor Radley back in the 13 as soon as possible. And I'm happy to prove him wrong on Lachlan Lamb there, but I'm with you. I think they um they kind of have a lot of similar attributes and I guess they'll probably stick to their sides of the field a bit as well. But that pack is so good and they yeah, have Yeah, it's Manu, not going to matter in this game. <laughs> too close to Desco. It's not going to matter in this game. And I think Angus Crichton's going to put his stake, you know, so claim straight away this year, best back row on the competition is coming this year. It's going to be the consensus by the end of the season. I think he's going to be on that left edge now at, instead of Cordner. I feel like he's just you know, prime for a top, for a top season. Yeah. And look, I saw Luke Keary play in the halves with uh, Cody Walker for two years. It didn't work. Okay. It's a very long time ago now though. I it don't is. care. It didn't work. Dude, I'm he was terrible stuck. at seven there. You were like the only person that thought it was a good signing for the Roosters. It was like you and Luke Keary. Everyone else yep. was like, that's a terrible signing. No, because he's great when he's playing with a seven yeah. who like even PSC was fine. And obviously Kronk and Reynolds are a level above that. But yeah. Um, Manly yeah, not sure it's going to work. It's not going to matter in this game, though. Roosters by Squillions. Yeah, Manly, that, that being around one lineup is scary for Manly. That's a real concern. Yeah, it's not good. Um, Penrith, North Queensland. That's sneakily um, uh, enticing first-round matchup for the grand final uh, losers. Um, they did it. They did it. Valentine, the sunk cost, Holmes, on the wing. They actually did it. I'm shocked that they're doing it, but this is why Todd Payton's the man. Yeah, I'm not sure I, 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 it's going to work out. You know, everything they've done there, Hammer at center, Holmes on the wing, a Ruben Cotter as a bench middle. But this is a time to try those things. New coach, try some things out. So I'm excited by that prospect. The Cowboys were the most boring team in the competition for mine for the last like four years because they were yeah. the same always. So I'm interested by all that. And the, the Panthers have gone against their word of turning Matt Burton into a center. And they've got Paul Momorowski starting in, in, in there until we get the return of Brent Naden. Um, Leota wins the starting nod with, uh, with sorry, with James Howard moved on. Kurt Capos starting over over uh, Liam Martin, I thought was strange as well. But it's a, it's a strong team, but it really you can see that hole that James Tarmel left there now that Matt Eisenhuth and Spencer Lena is the, the middle rotation off the bench. And I guess maybe... Lane Martin's going to play some middle, but it's certainly the the most unique bench these two of the week that have been named for mine with the new rules. Like you look at uh, the Cowboys, they've got Granville and Cotter on the bench, and you look at the Panthers, they've got Tyro May and Liam Martin on the bench, and, and Eisenhuth isn't exactly the world's greatest meter eater either. So I'm interested how that how they all play out as well. Yeah. Um... Yeah, Momorowski in the centers is interesting. I think he's not been too bad when he's give, been given chances at the Roosters and the Tigers. I think that's not too bad. Nice to see Charlie Staines back, obviously, after he missed the back end of last year. Um, you know, 
the forward pack still mostly the same for them. Obviously, James Timer is going to be a huge loss, but still a lot of strike power in that team. Really good bench too. Um, no room for Matt Burton in the seventeen. I think that's. Do you reckon that's probably because he's not going to? They know he's not going to be there next year, or do you think that's fair enough either way? I don't know. I think that might be it. It's getting a bit bitter there now too. But Momorowski's one of those guys. He has that weird knack of scoring tries, but like he just. Like a lot of those like two or three meter tries where someone bats a ball back and he catches it or he picks up a loose ball and scores. Like he's got 14 tries in 19 games. And I reckon like 13 of those have been from within five meters. One of those strange players is a good sniff. But yeah, I, I think for them, if that's where Burton is now, like he's not going to play first grade for him this year, then that just doesn't seem like it. And they're holding him, you know, holding him back from moving on, but it just seems weird. Yeah, it's a little bit strange. Um, I'm going to take the Panthers. Panthers as well. There's a All lot right. of short favorites, by the way, for round one. Like, round yeah. one always tosses up upsets. Yeah, there'll be a couple for sure. Um, I did laugh when someone in the Discord said this was the biggest ladder disparity. The second place Raiders <laughs> playing the 16th place West Tigers. <laughs> I did like that. They weren't wrong. They weren't wrong. Yeah. Um, the uh, West Rabbitohs in their first hit out of the season. I'm excited to see what they do. Mate, very pumped as well. This Another team that you look at, it's like, what happened in the NRL that all these, all the good teams have like guys like Ryan James on the bench or Hargreaves on the bench or at South, Arrow on the bench. And then the shocking team just starting guys that have been cut for three years, like Russell Packer. Like, what happened? How has this happened at the moment? That's a disparity. It's a fair question. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's, yeah, look, um, I'm excited to see how Dane Laurie goes. Um, I still got a bit. I, I've read. I also read today that they they had, they said that Tommy Talau might play a bit of nine, which is interesting. Um, I like some of their forwards. I think. I mean, I think you're all in on Joe O now after hearing him spray Seabold last week. I know that. <laughs> I'm a big uh, fan now. I'm, so take <laughs> it all back, Joe. <laughs> um, and obviously, Tamo's there. Twal's there. It's, it's not a bad middle, to be honest. And then. Luch, Garner are fine. They're solid. McKaylee off the bench. Yeah, there's, yeah, it's a good team. I think they're going to... Uh, look, we've talked ourselves into them making the eight, but Canberra are really, really, really good. I know there's no Jared Croker. Sebastian Chris comes in, but other than that, it's pretty damn strong. As I said at the start of the podcast, no room for Tom Starling or Emre Guler in the 17 is a good sign for how strong they're looking. Yeah, and the, the Raiders have made a habit of bashing up on the Tigers the last couple of years as well. I thought the Tigers won like one or two of the last 10 games they've played. Uh, I'm I'm tipping the Raiders, and I do think the only thing I was surprised by in their team list, actually two things, I'm lying. Sebastian Chris winning that center spot over Matt Tomoko or yeah. Harley Smith Shields, but Tom Starling not making the 17. Tom Starling has to sack his agent like yesterday. Seriously, he'd be the like the the team they're playing would take him and start him. Yeah, he'd game. start at like six or seven clubs. It's ridiculous, man. I don't <laughs> like, know. Mitch Rain and Jacob Little are going to play 80 minutes this week. And Sonny Katoa going to be playing for uh, who the Raiders boys have told me. Lachlan, they're affectionately known as the Light Milk, the New South Wales Cup team. So Lachlan Croker and a winger are going to be sharing the hooking duties in a round one game whilst Tom Starling plays New South Wales Cup. What the hell is going on? Absolutely chaotic. I don't understand it. I don't oh, well. get it at all either. Uh, I'm going to take the Raiders nonetheless. I'm going to take the Raiders. Another game. I mean, we're always keen for round one, but another mm. game. We're really to see if Jordan Rapana is, is back in footy shape. He wasn't in footy shape, but then my boys, Jimmy, 
Joey and Lucci. That's that's a mix over that side on in Leichhardt, mate. Tell you that much. Yeah, it's weird. Um, and obviously with no Corey Horsburgh because he's suspended as well, and no Corey Harawira and Nara. But seems like Ryan James is, is as Camper said, is probably not going to be the seventeen when they're full strength, which is crazy. Yeah, it is. By the way, I did find interesting. Like Joey is like what 28, 29, Joey Lou that is, and going his story about when he moved to the inner west last year. A very familiar story to many people who moved to the area that. There's, the takeout food is too good and too convenient. And uh, it just seemed bizarre though, that literally like a 29-year-old athlete at that age can still go to an, an area and just put on 10 kilos and not look after themselves. Like, I love Joey. I did laugh at it, but it's like, fuck. Some of these guys really are just absolute idiots with their bodies, hey? Like, yeah. Just so often. Like, he was just talking, oh, my miss, you know, my family wasn't around, so I didn't know what to do. It's like, so he went to a porto every day. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the two extremes. A home cooked meal by someone I live with my family or, or a triple Bondi. That's every it. Day. Yeah. <laughs> every day. Every like, day. Yeah. I mean, I got I probably did the same thing in my early twenties. You're just saying at yeah. his age that they would have been a bit different, but yeah. Yeah. Hopefully he's fixed that diet up. But yeah, I'm pumped to see contract year Lay Lewis. Yep. Um and then uh I think with both of them in the Raiders, though, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then last but not least, actually least, um, Dragons versus Sharks at Cogra. Both teams home ground this year. Funny. Um, Adam Clune in the six. Obviously, no Corey Norman. Um, nothing else there. It's Josh Kerr on an edge is funky. Um, I'm guessing he's going to play middle, hey. I reckon they're going to switch him with Fumono. Fumono. That yeah. would make sense. Jack Bird in the centers after all that. Yep, good. Uh on the other side, no room for skinny Andrew Fafita in the 17. Uh, Magic Magulius in there instead. Definitely the team, the game I'm least interested in. Out of all of them, they've put it in the right slot for me. Uh, I, I'm perplexed by that Fafita decision. Like, I thought I he looked good in the All-Stars game. I don't know. Yeah, he was de- last year he wouldn't have been in my 17. He was awful last season, but he has done the work to drop that weight this off-season. And come on, it's not like it's not like you can't bench Andrew Rafita, but it's Aiden Tolman, Jack Williams, and Billy Magulius. Like, come on, what are we doing here? It's not just Billy Magulius, like Aiden Tolman and Jack Williams. I had believed in his potential, but he was god awful last season. Um, I don't know. They're still gonna win. They are. That, oh, they? That, that Dragons bench is awesome. We talk about bad benches this week. Alvaro, Old Marin, Willie Army, and, and uh, fuck God, Farmer Silly. I almost said it wrong there. Oh, um, anyway, then Jackson Ford didn't even make the side. The guy we were high on, high on. It's just a strange team, this Dragons team. Yeah, look, I don't think their backline's that bad, by the way. I think it's pretty handy. No, I, I said their backline's good, mate. It's all right. But the back, um, the pack, man, it's terrible. Yeah, uh, I look forward to them winning this game. Adam Clune plays a blinder, gets sacked for Corey Norman next week. It's going to be great. It's not a bad uh, Coltrane Cup pick, the it's Dragons not. here. It's not. Uh, some people have taken them. I can tell you that because I have all the answers. Um, shout out to, I'm not going to name them. Shout out to this person who didn't read the rules and sent me eight tips. And shout out. He can't be first. wrong. Can he? He gets, well, he gets well, to he pick can, one. Can, he can, <laughs> well, no, he can be wrong eight times. He could get them all wrong. Mm. Uh, shout out to the person who gave me a margin and shout out to the person who wrote Newcastle KK Knights, uh, three capital K's at the front of Knights. Uh, also funny. 
Um, but yeah, Coltrane Cup, if you're listening to this and it's th- actually, if it's still Thursday, it's fine too. Um, as long as you sign up for Patreon by Thursday, you will get entry into the Coltrane Cup. If you don't know what that is, go on our Twitter. We've tweeted about it a couple of times. I'll retweet it again tomorrow just to get one last push. But uh, I think that's been a strong uh, sort of um, driver for our Patreon uptick in subscriptions. And uh, yeah, I've got over 50 entrants already. So, you know, jump in. You've got a chance to win grand final tickets, uh, club merchandise, a couple of other things we'll have as well. Um, I'm looking through the tips now. I obviously told some people my tip earlier today. Um, I feel like a basic bitch now because my tip has been the most popular tip and that is the Sydney Roosters. Yeah, look, I do believe if we get just 10 more patrons, you will share the spreadsheet. I believe that's... (laughs) There's, there's no spreadsheet. People are, oh, it's great. Anyway, no spreadsheet round one. I did want to mention before I said that, did this, that Josh Kerr and Fuimaono thing is like 2014. Matt Gillett was named Locke, but Thiday played there. I don't know why, I don't know why he likes doing that, but Griffin likes doing that. It's weird. And he did that thing at Penrith. You remember when he, when it, for like six or seven weeks, he named Peachy at six or seven. No, uh, no, sorry. Peachy at nine. Peter Wallace at seven, and I forget who at center. And then Peachy played center, Wallace played nine. Do you remember that period for like 10 weeks? Good times. Ridiculous. Anyway, Coltrane Cup picks. I I think I'm going the Roosters as well because you can't, you got to tip a home game. Sorry, 12 home games, 12 away, one magic round. But I can't pick against Manly again next week. I don't know. I actually don't. I don't know. I was thinking day to think about it. I oh, know you should actually. No, you got to announce it. Now. No, I've, I'm going to change that. I was I was going to do roosters. This is what I was saying to you before we went on air. But bunnies are playing Manly next week away, so I get to take an away game with bunnies at Manly. It's the beauty week. of the Coltrane Cup. You got to plan that, these things exactly. That's why I'm not taking the roosters. I was talking about this before the podcast. I was like, no, I looked at the next week's draw, so I'm not doing that. I am going to take the Raiders. I like it. Um, yeah, good. Uh, I mean, a, few, a few people tip the Raiders. Um, one absolute hero is tip Souths. I will say. Yeah. Oh, Shout out Mo, you you absolute king. I don't know why you've done it. Uh, I'm not here to ask that question, but um, I hope you're right. I, and I was you will surprised be right, so that you only showed me about 15 of them, but there was like one eels pick in that. I'm surprised it wasn't all eels. Yeah, there's not a lot. Even now, there's only five. Yeah. So you got to get those away games up, people. That's that's I like banking my away games start of the year, and I, but uh, I haven't actually found one I like much this week. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I already got my plan for round two, so it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, yep. Uh, any news we want to get to before we move on to the questions? Um, it's been. I mean, obviously, it's been quite a while since we've done news, but uh, yeah, there's not really anything hugely alarming i mean do you want to talk about the player jersey stuff quickly that's been probably the one of the main main discussion points over the last two weeks um i think it's a no-brainer i don't really understand why we're still arguing about this in 2021 sounds like a matter of time thing now with uh with now all the players getting behind it which is great i did see some lack of understanding i know that uh former now actually now at the water he's former penrith official arguing against it because of the costs for a club. But I believe that's because he's arguing that every match day 17, if you played center one week wing next week, then, you know, bench or drop week up, you'd have to reprint a new Jersey. 
but I do think most people are talking about keeping the squad number, right? Yes. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not going to take all the credit when this happens. I will take like 5% of it for mm-hmm. pushing the narrative, but um, it's, it's insane to me that the arguments that I'm getting, the arguments that I'm seeing, like someone today was like, oh, it was so confusing watching the Super League Grand Final with Matt Rogers wearing 45. It's like, no, it wasn't. He was standing on the wing for the entire game. Yeah. So I'm going to guess that he was playing wing. David yes. Peachy was wearing like 20-something. It's like, yeah, he was standing 30 metres behind the ruck in the middle of the field catching kicks. He's probably playing fullback. All right. <laughs> also, because he's David Peachy. That's probably a clue in that as well. But um, no, I don't really see... Oh, well, all the commentators might get confused. The commentators get confused now. I was re-watching the... Uh, which game was it? It was one of the Souths games from last year today. And Campbell Graham scores a try. And, and Rabs calls him Liam Knight. So, yeah. I don't... <laughs> but it's easy for the commentators, by the way. They have the same number all year. That we've been on this. This is like one of the agendas from the start of the podcast, mate. From the get around hey, these days, we've been on this one. But I'm all for it, and it probably will have to work in the same way that it's like one to thirty, the top thirty, and then development players after that. But that's what I want because I said this before on this. I wanted to have like a, a David Fafita rookie number thirty-seven jersey. I want mate, that jersey. If I had a two thousand and two TV week merit twenty-nine jersey or something, that yeah, would be my most it. prized possession. Exactly. And people talk about men over 30 can't wear jerseys. I'm telling you, I'm wearing it till I'm 90. I'm wearing jerseys. I don't give shit. a shit. Shut up. I know. I, I you don't... probably go home and watch MasterChef or some bullshit. Like... Exactly. You you watch Married at First Sight with your missus on the couch. Yeah. You don't get to tell other people what to enjoy. And you can't and... wear sports jerseys out. You have to wear no. a collared shirt or something. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I but, yeah, I'm very pro it. And mainly for the sake of, yeah, like, your number seven is your number seven is is cool if they're that guy for a decade, you know, or if you've got your rookie jersey for your Nathan Merritt or similar, all that kind of stuff. It's always fun. And it's the same in the Super League. It is fun. But whatever. Apparently, we can't get get our heads around it over here. No, it's too hard, mate. It's it's too hard, even though every other sport on earth does it. Yeah, the only other bit of news I will talk about quickly is Mitchell Pierce getting announced for signing for one da- one year today. I thought that was weird. That's all. Um, I don't know. It seems like it's it's come at a reduced rate. Um, I, I suppose their logic is that they didn't want it to drag on. I don't think they wanted that to be a distraction mm. during the season. Now it's dealt with and they can and looks like they will go in a different direction at the end of 2022. And worst case, if it goes really badly this year, I don't think that this new deal is much money and they can just sort of chuck him in the reserves. Yeah, I don't know what he's on because we never do know. But yeah, apparently it's a pay cut. So I mean, he was on like a million bucks, wasn't he? Who knows? But yeah, I guess it's good for them. Just, yeah. Oh, and some French rugby club's trying to get Mike Acevo. Get out of here. Well, that's all, that was always coming. Like, stop he's it. definitely going to French rugby, yeah, right? Of course he is. <laughs> but still, stop now? it. Cut it out. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, and now, without any further ado, let's move on to the questions. Are you serious? <laughs> We're going to have any questions. Okay, questions over on Patreon. As always, patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. And my computer is frozen even better. <laughs> uh, while your computer is unfreezing, I'm going to quick shout out to the people in the top two tiers of our Patreon uh, subscriptions. Uh, as I said, the new ones are rolling in every single day. Another one's rolled in whilst we've been recording this podcast. So, uh, you know, you guys have been absolutely amazing. I want that number to just keep going up and up and up and, you know, 
It has done the last three weeks, especially. It's nearly, I think it's gone up by like 50% on what it was at the start of this year. And it's only what the third of the ninth of March. Insane. Uh, Dave, Carlo Tyson, Wayne Ritchie, Stu, Frankie, Never Trendy, Dan Cullinane, Harvey G, Chris Slade, Matt Coleman, Chris Avnell, Maddie McPee, Michael Murray, Roxanne Clark, Warwick Ahern, Butsy, Ty, Simo, Jason, Matthew Duggan, Tom Hardy, Razor, Old Mama Bear, Jace G, Thor Lakehart, Maddie Jenkins, Josh Brandon, Morgan Watkins, Doc Hogg, Ben Wallace, An Anonymous Backer, Leon, Cam Beswick, CTO, James K, Jake Harper, Ando, Adam White, Blake Moretti, Stephen Hickey, Reese Brown, and Joel Wrigley. Joel is uh, the newest one. Joel's a new one this week. Thank you very much, Joel, for jumping on board. And to all the people who've jumped on board in the lower tiers as well, you don't get a shout out, but you do get our gratitude and of course entry to the coltrane cup and a bunch of other shit um perfect (laughs) okay patreon we've got doc gowland says how do you fellas rate the impact landis has had compared to his predecessor toddy greenberg and the first thing i want to say bungard before you answer by the way is that landis has done such a job of putting himself front and center that he is called todd greenberg his predecessor even though andrew abdo is actually yes (laughs) um well, he's definitely had a bigger impact. Whether that's a positive impact remains mm. to be seen. But um, yeah, the game's undergone a series of stupid rule changes in the past <laughs> two and a half years. So you can't question his impact, that's for sure. Yeah, I was a big Greenberg guy. And a lot of the things he did good, people didn't really see on the front side of the, you know, publicly. But if you read the old annual reports, all the numbers were there. They're not there anymore for some reason, but I have enjoyed the last week or two, the weird swing back from the media that were just, they were just gushing in with, with Landis love for the last year. Hey, a lot of guys just behind everything he did. They loved it. They, at one point they loved that He's just made decisions without thinking about it. I don't know why, but all of a sudden it looks like this off season. He's, they've got gone too far with the rule changes that the media have already turned on. The players are turning on it, and they've already said, Oh, we'll look to adjust them. If we have to, we'll see if they change, but it does feel like, Happy to be wrong, it makes the game better, but it does feel like in a couple of weeks the, the rules will go end up going back at some point, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I was a Green Bay guy as well. We saw those numbers. Um, yeah, he got railroaded. I still think people underplay what he did for the game, but um, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, there's no chance these rules are staying till the end of the year, but oh well. Yeah, the removal of scrums, that's always been ridiculous, but I've read about, about that long enough in the past, and I will, no doubt, in the future. Uh, Michael Gregson says, NRL top shot, what play would be your rare, ultra-rare one of 10 and worth anywhere between $2 million and $100? All right. I've <laughs> got... Trying to think. I've got three that I think... Near that, I got four. Sorry, that I think it is NRL era only. Mm-hmm. So, a bit of a funny one, but gif wise, it's probably the best NRL gif. And that's Greg Inglis playing for the Storm, palming Jamie Soward into the netherworld. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got Benji's flick pass to Pat Richards in the grand final. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got Cooper Cronk's field goal in Origin. And I had a fourth one and I've forgotten it. So that's embarrassing. Let me try and think about it while you answer. Well, the good thing about these type of series is, and, and things like Top Shot is they can do, you know, they'll do a seeing stars promotion or, or a set of cards or rising stars. And for mine, I want a down in the dirt series or something. I want cancer with getting punched in the balls. You know? David Farlongo <laughs> decking Braith and Esther. 
<laughs> yes, these kind of these kind of top shots, mate. Out of t- one out of ten, Pe- Russell Packer peeing on the field. That's a rare card. Like you don't see that very often. Those are good, but in terms of great moments, like for mine, I've got you know the the Milford field goal against the Knights, fifty three zero. The bad sport sportsmanship series potentially, but uh, if there was any old top shot, they were probably worth about zero point one cent. There's not the market for it here. There's not, mate. We're arguing about player numbers still, yes. and half the fucking fan base doesn't want them. And you think you're going to explain a mix between cryptocurrency and trading cards to these people who think it would be sacrilegious for someone who plays five eighth to wear the number twenty? Yep. Great. Uh, also, the other one I was going to say, Nathan Friend's Blackfoot try. That's good. Also cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but in all seriousness, it would have to be Benji's flick pass to Pat Richards, right? It would be the that's probably the best individual gifable moment ever. I think. Yeah. They'd probably make some annoying series of Sonny Bill Williams hits, though. That, that would be worth a lot hits of money. That would be bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Uh, yeah. No, nah, it'd be a lot of fun for us, but it just, it, no, nah, it wouldn't work, I don't think. I didn't uh, do it, but. Ando asked, with a little talk around personalized player numbers, which players do you think would wear number 69 and number 23? Uh, okay. Well, think. I'm trying to. That'd be funny. Who, who's funny? Cam, Cam Munster might, might wear 69. Yeah, um, Toby Rudolph. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't know if they even allow sixty nine that high, but yeah, one of those guys. Twenty three. I don't lot. know. Jared Hayne would have won million percent one twenty three. It's it's funny because I would have said like ten years ago they wouldn't have cared that much, but now definitely like I think you know ten years ago players want to chase the number in the sport like they want to wear the one. But American sports so big here now, people would like the twenty three might be the most sought after jersey. What's well, interesting? I asked Adam Reynolds what number he'd wear. And he yeah. said he'd stick with the seven and he said he'd leave the 23 to like Cam Smith. So obviously he thinks that that should go to like the best player. So, which is fair. Yeah. I don't know if Cam would, Cam would probably just stick with nine. He's a, he's a humble guy. I feel like he has to not have got attached to your number yet. You've got to be young. Cause I think a lot of them, like, I want to be saying Corey Norman would wear 23. Yeah. Oh, he'd wear 69 as well. He would <laughs> actually. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Dukes. Dukes would chuck the 23 on. It. Yeah, he would. No, he'd do the, the classic 24. Man, I'm one better than 23. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's some good There's some good shouts there. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know who else. There'd be, there's got to be other guys. I don't know. But um, yeah, if he, yeah, 69, there's a few few contenders there. <laughs> Corey Norman, Toby Rudolph, Ken Munster. Um, Awful. Uh, Michael Langridge said, "What round will PVL backflip on the new no scrum says ball and play rules?" Round seven. Yeah. Okay. Just okay. I'll go back to the scrum thing. The worst thing about the scrum thing is only like even in their promos this year they put like that Pappenhausen try for scrum was one of the best tries of last year. It's like yeah, but it's not even the tries that come directly off scrums. People don't seem to realize how often a try scoring set starts with a scrum. They're actually one of the most likely things you're going to score a try from because you get the first run is you get a really good run generally. Yeah. And that the set generally rolls from there. And well, what- yeah, it, it, I don't know. I, um, I think as I read some, one of the forwards was saying that the other, they liked the new rule because yeah. they could smash the guy on the first play. The Mitch ball. Dunn. That was it. Mitch Dunn said he liked yeah. the new rule because they didn't have a scrum to defend. They could have smashed the first guy off the play the ball from the ball in touch and slow the game down. It's like, <laughs> ah, good. So it's having the exact opposite effect as to what it was supposed to. Great. Yeah, that's good. 
Uh, Joel Wrigley says, which fans take on the preview pods? Did have did you have to bite your tongue on the most? Uh, Mitch, Mitch on the sharks for sure. I didn't, I didn't really end up biting my tongue. No, <laughs> I, was um, for a while. I, I don't. I thought I'm not saying this because they were on the podcast. I thought they were all great. They all knew yeah. their stuff. I don't think anyone said anything egregious. Um, some people found the rabbit circle jerk a bit self indulgent, but to them, I say. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't listen to that, but I have heard there was some egregious takes there. I don't think saying Jair is a top 10 middle is egregious. No, I do think saying Payne Haas isn't that good is. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the one I was going to say, but I didn't say that. I know you didn't. Uh, to be fair, that wasn't about Souths. All these South takes were great. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I, I have a talking too much problem anyway. I bite my tongue often. I try to. You can't always disagree with people. We've got to let them just have their opinion and let it go into the either. I think that's something we've had to get better at as well. Like you can't just, especially when it's something minor, like, or not even like something that's factually wrong, just something that's an opinion that you don't agree with. Like Mitch, for example, might not think Jaira is a top 10 middle. He wouldn't have interrupted the podcast. Like actually Jaira is the 14th best middle. We'd listen right now. (laughs) <laughs> Although according to the NRL MVP index, he's the fifty-first best middle. So there you go. No, it's um, God. it's one that's part of the thing we did evolving as podcast host, understanding it's not a pub, and it's not actually about being one hundred percent right. You can both have different opinions. The listener can decide what they agree with. Whatever we can argue as well. But yeah, a lot of the times, if someone hosts something wrong, you just or guess you're like, that's their take. People are here for takes. Let it flow. Let the kids play. Uh, Jake also asks, who were your favorite fans to speak to in the preview pods? And who was your least favorite fan? And why was it Simon? <laughs> um, again, I had a great time doing all of them. Um, I thought everybody was really enjoyable. Um, uh, like from a logistical point of view, Brooksy was the worst because he had a weird like one second delay in his end of the Zoom. But, but he was one of the guest. best guests. Exactly. Um I don't think any of the guests were bad. I think they were all great. And that's not a cop out. If if we if we didn't think someone was good, we would have well, we wouldn't have said it, but we would have, you know, I think you would have been able to tell if we were unimpressed. But you know, no one came on half baked, no one came on not knowing what they were talking about, no one came on and wasn't prepared. We sent them all those baseline questions in advance. Everyone had answers for them. Um yeah, I was really pleased with how it went. Yeah, and I think we definitely I'm not saying there's any bad ones, but we definitely found some people that had really good uh, rapport with us too, which we're like, no, likely try and get them back on the show again in the future, which is, which is good. It was almost like a, our own preseason trials, <laughs> you know, but it was, yeah. Good and experience. we were south in the charity show. We fucking smoked it. So shut up about it. But yeah, but this is one of the, um, the, op, you know, the good benefits of the, uh, the duo from here forward is that maybe we'll do more of those things. And you know, maybe before the finals, we can have a, a fan from each team on. Yeah. So Phil Lutton will be back. And Chris Gary won't. <laughs> well, he's a Warriors fan, so. <laughs> uh, Thomas Hayes says, Nathan Brown, Hook, Walters, Peyton and Barrett. Over, under, two and a half of these still being with their team in 2024. I think unless Barrett or Peyton die, they're going to be there next year. No, 2024. Um, 24. Oh, yes. okay. Long time. Jeez, that's a long time. Uh, two and a half? Yeah. Jeez. So it's Brownie, Barrett, Walters, Peyton, Peyton and who? Hook. Hook. Ah. It's unders to me. I'm going to say under. If, I, if you put a gun to my head, I'd say 
probably Peyton and maybe Trent Barrett and probably not the other three would be my guesses. Well, that's uh, three seasons, maybe four if you include 2024. A coach, it's, that's a long time to get given. I, I would say definitely they'd say Hook, Walters and Nathan Brown are up, going uphill to be there still at that point. And even then, you don't know Peyton or Barrow might not work out either, but that's definitely taken the unders on that. Uh, Matthew Duggan says, which person is more qualified for their job? Underqualified, sorry. Uh, Peter Valandis or Tom Starling's agent? <laughs> uh, the, the latter. The Look, you can, have your, like, you can have your opinions on what Peter Valandis has done in his role, but the dude is a very shrewd operator and he's gotten to where he is in two different... Well, I don't consider horse racing a sport, but in two different sports... By, two different blood sports. Yes. By just knowing how to appeal to people and being charismatic and being well-spoken and being pragmatic and making mm-hmm. decisions, whether or not you agree with the decisions is, is not relevant. He makes decisions and he's shown that he doesn't, he's not scared of anyone. And plus all the time he took the piss out of the AFL last year was pretty funny. Yeah. But the Tom Sullivan's agent, Oh my God. What are you doing, man? Just, <laughs> come on like, he's got to be like look, calling clubs today and apologizing to tom as well that's what he calls got to call first uh, anyway ron edwards says which nrl story do you want to see get the two-hour oprah treatment <laughs> um uh julian o'neill and jeremy schloss's shoe obviously yes <laughs> they two hours on that i was gonna say the craig gower bender <laughs> the infamous one uh but I would have a few years. I don't want to hear about the the last I, one. I, I do have the correct answer, by the way. Oh, I don't want to hear about the last split with, with Wayne Bennett and the Broncos. I've heard all that and all the Seabold shit. I want to hear about the 2008 split. Um, I think I think, I think think the clear answer is mm. Luke Keery about what happened on Russell Crowe's ranch. That's a good one. Yeah, The ranch. Because <laughs> I've heard some stories, which I can't repeat, and they're goddamn funny. They're uh, ludicrous. <laughs> and I would like to see Rugby League Oprah's face in response to a couple of those stories. I feel like we could rebrand as Rugby League's Oprah. Could Instead we? giving people cars, we just give them, I don't know. Stubby holders. That's yeah. all we have. Called, called copies of Big League from yes. oh, I've, I've got several years ago. There we go. Good. <laughs> Alex Sergicomi says, anyone else horrified of these new rules? I'm always going to enjoy footy, but PVL seems determined to make the game unrecognizable. And fix problems that don't exist, and it worries me for the sport like this in five years. Yeah, I think Alex hit the nail on the head there, but I just think that the majority of the fan base just don't pay attention to things like this, and they'll think it's stupid when something happens and it affects their team in a big game. But until that day, they're just not going to care. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. They are they're the same people are actually going to be ha- like, they don't seem to think set restarts are like penalties. That's taken it done its job by the way. And like people aren't blowing as much about penalty counts. So they don't even know what they're counting anymore. So I diluted that water, but yeah, I, I think if they go poorly, they'll get things will get changed back. They will. Uh, anyway, Jai Arrow is the 11th best middle says surprise to seemingly see a lot more teams with four fours in the bench heading into round one. The piggies must've absolutely been gassed in the trials. Was there that many? I thought I looked through the teams today. Like half the teams have like a creative-ish fourteen on them. Like, yeah. I'm just. But I mean, it's from the days that like last the last year and before it was all every team had a hooker or a bench utility, and they don't really now. I don't, I don't think it's like 
Benji, Nico Hines, that Bradley Dietz guy you were talking yeah. about. We, we saw Brody Jones. Is he a utility? Uh, no, he's a forward. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, but most of the teams still do. But yeah, with the new rules, I think if you've got a hooker that's going to play 80 minutes, I think it's, it's a good idea. There's, you know, five or six teams that have just gone without the second hooker, which is fine. Uh, we saw, we knew that was coming as well, though. Maybe it might come more in the season if, if you know, place fitness increases as well. It just, it is, that's the one thing the new rules have brought. It has at least brought some change in, in the way teams set up their 17, which is, is at least interesting to me. Not everyone's doing the exact same thing with their 17 anymore. No. Uh, Warwick Ahern, how good is footy? Thanks, Warwick. It's pretty good. Good question, uh, Warwick. Oh God, Harvey G, you just want your name read out again, don't you, mate? Have you seen them lose from here, he asked. Uh, Harvey's been nonstop in the Discord telling me how great Souths are. I think he's just trying to set me up for a fall. See what you're doing. Harvey, never. <laughs> uh, Westlife Pod, another new uh, new patron says, who do you think is the Tigers' best one six seven nine combo for both now and the future? Should they rely on the ter- internal growth of these guys or get a free agent this offseason? Uh, Laurie... Dewey Decimal System, yeah. Brooks, and don't know. Yeah. So it's probably for me what you said with Simkin at, at, at nine there, but they've got um, Jock Madden also in the wings. I don't know. You, you can't not look externally. Not saying to re- you have to replace these guys, but anyone who sits there, and this is what Brisbane did the last couple of years, don't just sit there and think what you have is, oh, these, these guys are going to be the thing. You have to look externally all the time. Even if you think... Oh, Brooks is Brooks is great. Dewey's great. Laurie's our guy. You can't just sit there and just go. That's it. Like, Do you think they just really thought they were getting Harry Grant back? I don't know, mm. but it's it's like a lot of cl- people. We all love fascinating about our club developing all these guys and bringing them through and everything working out. You know, it's all going to be great. But the teams at the top of the ladder or the good teams last year. Now I understand Nathan Cleary and Penrith a bit of an edge case, but they still brought in Coruscant on their spine. The Raiders brought in George Williams and Nickel Klockstad. Uh, they brought Hodgson from overseas at one point. But you look at South, they didn't hesitate to bring in Latrell Mitchell when he became available. The Roosters brought in Cooper Cronk when he became available. Went and chased Sam Walker when when they could. Like the good teams don't just sit there and sit on those on those positions. Storm, same thing. They have like a million guys coming. Like they're just the good teams don't. The bad teams are the ones that go, this is our guy who's coming. We'll just wait. He's gonna be it. Yeah, I agree. Um I don't know. Uh, it's but tough. I like that. That's what I'm saying. So I like that spine for this year, but let's not rule out looking at that free agent as well. If someone good, like say if Sean Johnson knocks on the door and is like, hey guys, look, don't want to go back to New Zealand. I'll take a cut price deal. I want to come here. They're not going to go, well, we've got Dewey and Brooks. Sorry, Sean. You know, got to keep your books, your eyes open. Anyway, Razor says, surely this is the year the Bunnies win in Melbourne and Bellamy has his first round one loss. If it doesn't happen, it's this. I, if it doesn't happen this week, the round one thing is like if the round one thing doesn't happen this this week, I don't it's think over. it's ever going to happen. Well, yeah, I think last year coaching pretty much apparently. So, yeah. uh, Nick Domingo says, "Do you think Cronk waited until three sixty went to commercial hmm. before he gave Buzz a middle finger? I was just doing it every time they didn't have the camera on him." That was one of the most compelling twenty minutes of television I've watched in a really long time. He's just so well spoken, and he wasn't. Every time they, either of them, tried to throw a curveball question at him, he had an answer for it. He was really composed. He explained himself well. 
the best part was at the end when uh, when I uh, well not Ben Iken the other two were like oh don't you think the fans are going to be angry and then even Ben Iken was like well would you be angry if your club was getting your club's halves were getting coaching advice from Cooper Cronk no of course you wouldn't um, yeah the whole thing was a, a, a storm in a teacup it was all stupid the whole story was stupid and and Cronk addressed that but mainly the argument was about how the story became a thing in the first place and. Kronk is too intelligent to be in rugby league analysis. Just a plain fact, because nobody else is like him in the in the game. It's great. It's a privilege when he, when we get to see him talk about issues in the game like that. But you could see even an argument there. Is those old fellas used to just going to each other? No, no, no. That's how they argue usually. Whereas Kronk was doing things like, "No, man, you were different t- people, Buzz. What you believe is impossible." is possible to me things like that and then buzz is sitting there face melting like no you can just have there's one way of things and this is the thing yeah you you, <laughs> you mentioned that point about him not being a fit in a rugby league analysis it's like the things he said about adam reynolds would not have been a story in american sports media no that would have been a that's like a lukewarm take for the likes of colin coward or skip bayless or any of those guys but because he said something slightly negative and you know what? Like, I'm a Souths fan, and I thought what he said was reasonably fair. It was, it was like a, it's been like a three or four day story now. It has been. And the other thing, like, he just asking him questions about where his salary was in the salary cap, the football <laughs> salary cap, and he kept saying that that's it's not up to him. But yeah, it was just obviously a man who Kronk is a, very aware of who he is, what he stands for, what he believes in, and all that, all that together, and they just. Like guys like Buzz can't handle that. The best part was, that was at the very like, end of the what, segment. Yeah. When Ben Iken goes, oh, so we're all good now. And Kronk just goes, no, <laughs> we're not. Yeah, what which is great. He smashed him. And the, and the bet that was it. He's direct with him. Buzz can't handle it. He didn't come on there and act like they were mates. But he was direct with him. And I loved also when he first sat down, even when Buzz started talking, Cooper is like ready to swing. Hey, he just. And he was right too. It's it's a ridiculous storm in a teacup. And I will address the cap thing because I mean you know a little bit more about this than most people. But am I right in assuming that a corporate role? I mean they wouldn't have a cap for corporate roles because why the fuck would you? But mm. am I right in assuming that even if someone's role was ninety percent corporate, if they do any football stuff at all, it has to be put in the football salary cap to prevent rorts of this nature? That would be my guess. I don't know, but I believe so. And, and Kronk did mention that there is part of it, a portion there. And they're asking me how much. It's like, again, mate, he, it was, it's not his job to know that, how much of it's a portion to that cap. But it was um, it was a very good discussion and not a big 360 guy, obviously. I don't know either of us are, but Kronk going in there and dancing on a fool was good entertainment. And I'm hoping Kronk's the type of person we start seeing more TV programs of I don't want I don't need to see any more yuck it up with Maddie Johns or controversy corner or Paul Kent is yelling at people for nothing. For if no I had an hour of Trent Robinson and Cooper Cronk breaking down games from the week before, yeah. I'd watch that every week. Even the point when Buzz was like, "Well, if if you work for Ricky, if Michael Ennis asked Ricky if he could go consult for the Sharks, he'd tell him to you know f off." And then Kronk's like, yep, well, it's in his rights to do that. But again, we're different people and he's a different person. And everyone I've worked with, you know, signs off on this. And it's just the same thing. Buzz just cannot see the forest for the goddamn trees. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, anyway, over on to Twitter questions. So, yes, people at Twitter still get question time. 
Uh, Only a little bit. Yeah, no. So we're not going to answer all of them. If you don't know, or you answer question answered, get over onto Patreon. Uh, David Hunter said, which team is the most chance to spring around one upset? I need to hang on. I'm going to quickly, while you answer, I'm going to quickly pull up the sports battles because I actually don't know who's the outsider in each of those games. Uh, The Broncos bring 350. Souths are technically the outsiders. They're $1.95 though. So I don't think you can count that as an upset. You can't, right? No, I don't think you can really. Uh, I'd probably go the Dogs 250, Cowboys 350. Yeah, I think those are both pretty fair. Dragons 220 as well. I don't think Mm. is outrageous. And. Yeah, I don't think the Warriors 220 is that crazy either. I think that their team's better on paper than we realized it was going to be. Mm. It's going to be a good round. I, I, I'm giving pretty much any team except Manly a chance this week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I think Manly's the only one I'm going, yeah, I don't think I've got a chance. But maybe maybe that's the one that gets upset. The West Tigers are longer odds than Manly. That's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, that is kind of strange. Uh, anyway, Ray What's Manly Tahana? win now? I'm sorry, Ray, for how I'm going to say your last name here. I don't know how to say it, but Ray Tahana. He says, no questions, but thanks to the marathon effort. Thanks to all the guests. And he's sad. He wasted so much time listening to so much talk about teams that I don't give the least shit about. <laughs> so I like it. That's it. It was, good. it was a good time. So I thought I'd read that one out. Thanks, uh, Ray. Steve, the Steve's 89 says, who do you think will be the first coach sacked this season? Jeez, I, I don't love answering questions like no, that. No, eh? but I don't know if there will be, like, you know, we've just gone through that big ch- uh, period of a lot of change. I don't know if a coach will get sacked this year. I'm just, just looking a whole like Bellamy, absolutely not. Bennett, absolutely not. Adam O'Brien, no chance. Trent Barrett, no chance. Kevin Walters, no chance. Brad Arthur. Maybe. Nathan Brown, no chance. Justin Holbrook, practically no chance. Trent Robinson, no chance. Desi. It's John Morris. It's Desi, John Morris, or possibly as Brad a massive Arthur. outsider, uh, Brad Arthur or Michael Maguire, I think. Yeah, but I think it's John Morris, even if he's not even doing that poorly because of Flanagan. But it's just, yeah, that, that's all it is. And we'll do we'll do one more question off, off of Twitter. Why not? Uh, Sean Chan says, going off team lift Tuesday, it seems more teams have gone away from dual 80-minute back rowers. Do you think this is the right strategy? And do you think it'll have any impact on the game as a product? So spectacle, spectacle. Or am I completely wrong in thinking they're gonna there are less 80-minute second rollers this year? Yeah, I think I think that's totally true. I think I know I, I can't speak for every other team. I haven't obviously don't follow them as closely as I do South. Um, it looks like South are definitely going down that road. They're playing through. It looks like it's gonna be a rotation of um Jaden Sewer, Keon Kolmatangi, and Jacob Host. Um I'm not gonna be surprised to see a lot of teams do that. I think. I think that's why a guy like Isaiah Papali might be so valuable for Parramatta because he can play both positions. Um, I actually think that's also why, as much as we've made fun of them before, I don't think that's if you only have Keegan Hipgrave coming on for 20 minutes just to run hard, I don't think it's that bad either. Um, just 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 from a Parramatta standpoint. And then there's a bunch of other teams that we're going to do it as well, like Luch and Joel Garner aren't going to play 80 minutes for the Tigers. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, yeah, Murdoch Masilla might play for an edge for maybe for for uh, Syrenin, who knows. But Brisbane might have Teo play on the edge. He trained a bit at the edge as well. Oates won't up on the bench and play there. Like uh, Andrew Davey at Manly will probably come on and play on the edge. Yeah, it's if the game is going to be faster to the middle of the field, it's just going to end up changing. Like they're just going to have to do that. They might do that whole thing a couple of years ago. Brisbane used to do it when they had three or four back rowers. They'd all kind of you'd come on and finish as a back rower, but you'd come on after like 30 minutes 
and then the other guy would come on and you'd move sides, whatever. They all play like, you know, 50 to 60 each kind of thing. Like, it's just the way if this game's going to be played, so many one-out hit-outs, hit-ups through the middle of the field, they're going to have to rotate the forwards more. Yeah, it, it's just a, it's just a consequence of um of everything really, um, yeah. but that's all right. It's fine. No, like I said, I'm actually that's one of the consequences of the change I'm actually in favour of is is those shakeups. They're probably going to kill people who play super coach and similar, not knowing who's playing eighty minutes. But I could not give two shits. Yeah. Oh, late breaking news: Jake Turpin's upgraded his. We won't get the spoon take to. We will easily make the top eight. Mate. Well, I'm good. Well, that's a much. Better. We won't get the spoon take. I was like, oh, geez, you're you're confident. <laughs> so I, I like the new take. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit more brave. Yeah. Um, we come to the end of another sort of an over rookies, and we will not be back with you until after there is there is football. Back. The daily fix is over. Yeah, but you've got like rugby league now to fill the void of the rugby league podcast. <laughs> Yeah, so what if we do a live marathon of rugby league podcasting and footy? Yeah, I, I mean, there will be Twitch and Discord stuff this year in that regard. We will do. We will definitely be doing more live game stuff, so watch this space. Um, you will be getting an emergency pod from me on Thursday night if Souths win. I can promise you that. Um, <laughs> if the Broncos win on Friday, I don't know. I have no plans. No. <laughs> I'm not prepared for them to actually. Uh, more, I mean, we're breaking the biggest hoodoo in the sport, Mitchell, if we win on Thursday night. Yes, yes, you are. I'm not being, I don't think, I'm not you exaggerating. Are, like, I believe you are. Zero from 16, coupled with the Bellamy round one thing. It's, it's, it, it's a massive mental hurdle to overcome, over, overcome. And if they can, I'll be so proud of them. And if they can't, it's all right. Win the other, we'll win the rest of the games. It's fine. Yeah, good. All right. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, appreciate you. Give us some good reviews on iTunes, patreon.com forward slash Urban Rookies if you want to support us with your wallet. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me.